Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another uh, episode of, I don't know what we want to call this, but um, I just want to talk about um, a follow-on from the last podcast of Food for Thought and uh, why we haven't, why haven't we heard from leading health experts and, and leading health authorities in government about eating better and choosing right foods and stuff um ironically you know i did that a few days ago and in the last few days um i've actually saw an abc post about which is a australian broadcasting company uh post on facebook about are you getting enough um are you getting enough garden food as in vegetables and and salads and and that sort of stuff so what I want to do is I want to follow on from, which is really thankful to one of my mates, Jaden, who had shared this article because I hadn't seen this article. I knew about this statistic, but um, from other articles that I had read, and but I didn't, I hadn't actually read this. This one's a little bit more in depth to, to, towards it than other articles that I have read. Um, so I just wanted to go into a little bit of it. It's by. Axis or Axos, uh, A-X-I-O-S, um, dot com. Uh, Mar- this was, this was uh, written in March 9th, 2021, so uh, at the start of the year. Um, so statistically, 78% of the people who were hospitalised, placed on a ventilator or died from COVID-19 were overweight or obese. We knew that... We knew that there was a high rate, statistically, of overweight or obese people. Now, me being a personal exercise coach um, with my own personal training business and, and uh, group fitness business, um, you know, this, this it's always fathoming to me to hear about people. About, I, I, I'm not against pharma, okay? I'm not against pharma. I'm not against them. What I am against is, is the fact that it's the the only narrative that you hear all right and only do you hear about healthy food options and um better lifestyle changes you only hear about those sort of things at the end of the year um from major media outlets um in mainstream media because they're, they're just promoting that on their their morning shows because that's what gets the viewerships up a little bit so 78 percent. that's pretty it's pretty big that's 78% of the people who were hospitalised or ventilated or died, okay? So 78% of those people in that category that fell into one of those categories, 78% of those people were overweight, all right, or obese. Now, they, the only issue I have with this statistic is that it's based on the body mass index, okay? Now, the body mass index has me at overweight, and I'm not, any, I'm not even overweight, <laughs> because the body mass index uh, it doesn't it doesn't calculate um total fat percentage and it doesn't it doesn't total in any of that all it does is take everything you know from bones to organs to muscle to fat to tissue everything within your human body so and based on your height and your age okay so what why 
why this matters. Now, I'm just reading from the article. The findings show risk of severe COVID illness rises sharply with elevated body mass index, especially for people younger than 65. Now, that's pretty bad because if you're young and overweight, you are going to be at risk, even with vaccination, okay? This is what people don't understand, okay? Let's go deeper. Oh, well, I don't know. Where's the rest of the article? There's not much. Okay, so patients under 65 who were underweight had a 41% risk of hospitalisation than those with a healthy weight. So people who are underweight were also at risk, but people opposed to people who were at a healthy weight, which kind of follows on from our last podcast, because the last podcast we talked about how if we take care of ourselves, we're able to take care of other people. Um, I'm just finding more articles here on these little short, this is like a little short, short article um, format. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't let me go any further on this one, but um, yeah. So what I was thinking about it on the drive here to my studio because that's where I am right now, um, and I was thinking about it. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to eat, you know, vegetables and 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 salad all the time. Like you don't have to do it all the time. Um, it's it's more more in line with having less processed food. Um, there's a really great video on YouTube. It goes for quite some time, um, and it talks about um, um, carbohydrates and stuff. It's really good. I'll try and find the uh, I'll try and find the video and put it in the in the comments in the description here and as a source link, and you can go and have a bit of a watch. But basically. Without, without over-processing food, you'll get enough nutrition. You will. Um, and it'll be calorie... De- it's about calorie density. That's what it's about. It's not about carbohydrates, Stephen. It's about calorie density foods. So, because um, what happens is we, 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 we don't get enough... We don't get enough food that's calorie dense, but also oh, that is calorie... That is, I'm trying to think of the word, caloric efficient, all right, for our bodies, but also nutrient dense. So that's the problem that we face, is that because food's so over-processed now, um, and everything we do with food, we've got to, we always do more and more and more to make it taste yummy, you know, because we don't like the taste of broccoli, so we, we like, like, like cauliflower, you know, adding you know cheese sauce to it. You know that's a, that's processed. That's a, that's an extra process that you've had to add to the food, and therefore you've added cheese and dairy on top, as opposed to eating just the cauliflower on its own with a bit of salt and pepper. So it goes into detail about you know and, and that, um, nutritional density and, and cal- calorie density. Um, you take potatoes for instance. You know you can eat a potato by just basically boiling it and eating it and it you'll get you'll get that that natural um 
that that density that you need okay but where if you now to process that now if you're going to do extra process let's say mashed potatoes we add milk we add butter you know we some people add cream some people add cheese you know um so you're adding all these things to to enhance it um which is not only adding calories but it's not really adding much more nutrition to it in a sense um and then we have the, the problem with sedentary lifestyle versus active lifestyle, um, which is a whole other ball game. Now, no one's saying to to uh, category that you need to run ten k's. Like, if you don't want to run ten k's every day, that's that's on you. But if you want to run ten k's every day, that's great. But it's about finding the balance of the things you do like doing. I really like strength training, personally. I'm not much on a cardio person. I mean, I can go and play a game of football and I of spurt running, but um, and I and I quite you know I can I, I can handle that, but I I can't bring myself to run five ten k because I just I just I just don't enjoy it, and it's I find it very boring. Um, and mind dumbing. What else I find mind dumbing is that we're here in Devonport, have had two public holidays in the last two days, and there are businesses shut still. Um, there are businesses shut until the 4th, there are businesses shut until the 10th, um, and people are driving up to these businesses to, to spend their money, and they can't, because at the, at the price of convenience, by mind, um, so they can't because these places are shut. So that's another topic we'll talk about later on. Um, but yeah, we'll get back to this calorie and nutrient dense. All right, that's what it's about. It's not saying that we, you, you've got to find the, the balance for you. And it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard to find the balance because you, uh, you're a shift worker. Um, maybe you... Maybe you just work nights. Maybe you just work afternoons. Maybe you work all three, day, night, and, and you rotate. So it's hard to get into a rhythm um, at, at the end of the day. But it's, it's about being able to get yourself into the mindset where you can just, you can think, okay, I'm gonna go get a Macca's burger or I might pull in the KFC, get a three-piece feed. And having the mindset to know halfway there, not go. And decide to just go home and eat whatever you've got at home. It's about making better options at the supermarket. Now, one of the things I find that's helped us, to be honest, is that we don't shop in store anymore. Yeah, so we don't, we don't, we very rarely buy our, our groceries uh, in store. Uh, we haven't done that in a long time. Um, for, uh, for yeah, I can't remember actually the last time we did it. I think the last time we did it, we had to do it because the payment system was down and we couldn't do it. But um, that was most recently. But before that, we hadn't done it for yonks. Um, so I find that I find that we make better choices uh, for our household and our kids. Uh, when we don't go into the supermarket because you get lured in right because what happens is 
is you've got marketing gurus that go into these stores and they look at where the shelves are, they look at where the stock is, and they look at what the customer's doing. Really good ones will watch what the customer's doing. Really good ones will watch customer habits. And that's what they get paid to do. So they find ways to be able to get you to spend more on shit you don't need. You know, that's why they have the lollies and the soft drinks at the checkouts. Because it's the last place you're going to be. And if it's not there, you won't buy it. But if it's there, you'll be tempted to buy it. Um, you know, like your, your cans of V and your, and your, um, your, your Red Bulls and your, your cans of Coke and all those sorts of, all that rubbish. Um, you know, and I drink it. I drink that stuff, you know. But I drink it in, in I don't drink it every day. I don't drink it. Um, but... <coughs> You, you've got to find ways, is, is the point of this, of to make healthy habits or better choices. You've got to find ways that are going to help you make better choices. Now, maybe online shopping's not for you, but what, what we do is we, we online shop, click and collect, and you know what? I think we, we save money in doing that because we don't spend any extra when we're in the shop. I'm notorious for it. I'll be if, if we were to shop in the store, I'd buy extra shit and... Uh, we'd end up going and having our $150 weekly budget blow out to 200 you know, on extra crap that, that we don't need. Um, you know, chocolates and ice cream and all those sorts of things. Because that's what you see when you, when you, when you go past them. You know, they're, they're, everything is in a, in a section for a reason. Um, this is what those marketing gurus do. They make sure that the customer, you, the consumer... Uh, picks the shit they want you to buy plus the shit you need to buy so start at if you do shop in the you should probably start try try starting your shop in the fruit and veggie section right and no one's no one's saying you should eat broccoli if you don't like it you don't like it but if if you do like cauliflower buy that but if we were able to Reduce the amount of people. Imagine if, imagine if, if we reduce the amount of obesity and overweight in the world. Just imagine that for a second, right? Imagine a world where the obesity rates probably drop twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. We could probably go ten percent, and that's pretty huge. But twenty five percent is massive, right? So let's just drop it twenty five percent. And at 25% less obese and overweight in the world, right, that's a huge difference, right? Let's say that that 25% falls into the category of about, I don't know, most cardiovascular, let's say that's 90% of the, 90% of the 17 million, 90% of the 17 million per average, Right, per year that die from cardiovascular disease, right? Let's say 17, 90% of those are overweight or obese, right? Now, not, I'm probably not going to factor the fact that that's BMI stat. I'm going to just factor in the fact that that's just they're overweight, right? They're either overweight, obese, or morbidly obese. Imagine taking down that 25, now that 90%, and minusing 25% off that. What are we left with? What, 65? 
65%. So then 65%, right, so you've gone from 90% of 17 million and you've dropped down to 65% of 17 million. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. I don't, I'm not doing the math right now because that's just, oh, it'll give me a headache. But that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that you've reduced inside that 17 million per year from cardiovascular disease, right? Okay, so it's crazy to think about it. Now, what is crazy is why government doesn't want to do it. Why doesn't the big government, why does big government not want to do that? Why? Let's think about that, right? I think it's got to do with taxes, which then leads to money. I think it's got to do with money. I think it's got to do with generating more taxes and more income because you're spending more money on junk food, right? So what happened? Now, imagine if we took that cardiovascular disease and we added that and we did we took that 25% down and then now we take the 10%, right? We use 10% this time, a smaller number. And we took down and we reduced the amount of smokers there are in the world. 10%. That brings down, and let's just say they, those 10% make up the cardiovascular disease. These people are probably overweight and smoke anyway. All right? So let's say we take that down to 10%. There we have half, 55%, just over 50, 50% of people in that 17 million right you've reduced now that would probably reduce the overall number of 17 million probably down to about 10 million per year you've got you've just saved 7 million people's lives or the potential of 7 million people's lives by reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease with promoting a healthier sustainable lifestyle not a diet not a not a fucking rhetoric bullshit that you see on fucking sunrise but a but a a a a healthier lifestyle people who are choosing to eat eat better more often that's all we have to do we have to eat better more often we have to make better choices more often it's not saying you can't have a hot dog right no one's saying you can never have a hot dog ever again what i'm saying is is that is that what if you went and had what if you went from having four hot dogs a week and you went down to having one a week right heaps better right it's got to be surely what if you went from one apple a day right no no what if you went from one apple a week to one apple a day. Now you're getting seven apples a week. That's pretty, pretty, that's got to do something. You know, so I think, and I firmly still believe this, I think that we, as a society, globally, not just my country, and not just America, not just the UK, I'm talking globally, I'm talking every nation in the world, all right? If we all did a better job at looking after our citizens with more promotion of healthy foods and more promotion of exercise and 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 doing the right things with our bodies um because that's surely got to do something right i surely got to reduce the risk of 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 influenza 
influenza. It's going to win. It's going to reduce the risk of sickness all overall. Do you know what I mean? Because you're creating a stronger society. So natural selection, natural selection becomes less, doesn't it? Has to. If you're a stronger society, I wonder if if we did that, if that would reduce cancer rates and all those other massive killers. Um, so that's that's my my podcast for today. I think that um, we've looked at it a little bit more deeper. We know that 78% of COVID-related issues um, have been with people that are overweight or obese, which is very much, very much controllable. You know, you can control your weight, right? You can control that. You can control your weight. You can control. You can you can control diabetes. Control heart disease. You can control um, all sorts of things. Blood pressure. Um, these things can, you know, it, it sounds, it sounds, you know, uh, ten years ago you wouldn't be hearing me talking about it, but it sounds strange now. But I, I firmly believe in it, and it's only sounding strange because ten years ago I wouldn't have said it. But exercise is medicine, and how do I know that? Because over the last five years. I have seen it at work every single day for five years. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've been a part of it. I've, I've, I've been firsthand at how exercise helped mine. Um, you know, I went from being overweight, almost 100 kilos, which would have been obese category for my height, okay, because I'm 5'6 and a little bit. Um, so I was a little mud and so at the end of the day you I was you know I had to change some people it takes a massive event some people it just happens they just that's it it's done um, you know some people need a heart attack to realize it some people need her to go you know through diabetes to, to know it um, but me, I was just tired. I was lethargic all the time. I was medicated. Um, I always, I was always sick. I always had colds and flus and whatnot. And I was run down. Um, I haven't really been sick in what six and a half years, um, and that's because I manage my health myself. I, I look after myself. I, I lift weights. I, I run around with the kids in the backyard. I, I lift heavy things and. Um, I de-stress. Um, stress is another thing that, that wrecks the body. And we'll talk about that another day. But thank you for listening. And these podcasts uh, hopefully become more consistent. But thanks, Jado, for sharing that article with me because I had read an article very similar to it recently and about in the start of the year. And I tried to tell people that if we reduce... If we reduce obesity and overweight, we can reduce COVID risk. Um, you, you ne- you're never going to get rid of a cold or a flu. It's just normal. That's our body's response to coping with change. That's how our body responds, okay? It's the mechanism. It's the immune system going, right, the seasons are changing. We're going from autumn to spring, right? That's what happens. So we need to adjust. Our bodies need to adjust to that. It's been happening for fucking ever since we got here, and it'll happen for as long as we stay here. So um, it's normal to get a runny nose and 
slight tickle in the throat um, when summer's ending and winter is starting and vice versa when spring is ending and summer is starting because the temperature is changing the humidity is changing the air is changing these things change and we as humans are adaptogens so we adapt to our surroundings it's what we've done for centuries and it's what we will continue to do for billions of years to come um, there is not a cure for the common cold for that reason because you can't change the seasons the Chinese seasons change themselves thanks for listening we'll be back soon peace out